And we are going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Will Nelson. Will is a local entrepreneur. He owns Saute. They deliver healthy meals uh, here in the HRM. And he also owns, we actually did a little video with them the other day, uh, Billy Smelling Salts. So talking to local entrepreneurs is one of my favorite things about this job, Uh, seeing people's journeys and some complications they had to go through to to get to where they are today uh i love hearing about the the grind and and then the hustle of getting a business up off the ground so i'm excited to talk to will who has a very successful business in saute and billy uh billy smelling salts is just getting off the ground now so i'm excited to hear uh what his plans are for that uh for that business venture so it's going to be a great episode i'm justin we're talking to will nelson here we go you know what comes next Yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. All right, Justin, you just, just give it a three, two, whenever it's going. We're already going. Oh, the audio's going? Yeah. Okay, Will, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming back to the studio. I appreciate it. Yeah, four days later, right back in action. The uh, the Billy the, the, the Billy Smelling Salts video went over well, I thought. I thought it was great. You did a fantastic job. I appreciate it. It was fun to edit. It's just a different video. It's like a different product review. Yep. You just have to, you got to be shocked by it. It's got to wake you up and you're we're good to go. Out, yeah, we're reaching out to a ton of hockey accounts right now and, and they're all pretty excited to do a video because like, this is the first time a smelling salts company has reached out to us. So let's, yeah. let's try something new. I've never heard of a, a smelling salts company ever. I thought doctors just distributed it. So to actually have like a, a young, it kind of seems hip. I like the colors that you guys chose. Yeah. I just like how you can, you can market it. It's really cool. Yeah, it should be good. Um, you got an ent- entrepreneurial spirit in you. Oh, for sure. You have... Uh, your other company, Saute. Yep. When, uh, I guess, when did you start that? I don't want to, like, explain what it is. I'd rather you explain it. I'm sure you can go into detail a lot more about it. So when did you start it? How did you think of it? And maybe talk about some challenges of getting it off the ground. Sure. So first, uh, Saute is a healthy meal prep delivery service in Nova Scotia. Yeah. So we're making the food, delivering to your door. You put it in the microwave, oven, and uh, you're set for the week. Yeah. Uh, most people are getting a handful of meals uh, for the week for themselves and their partner, maybe their their kids. Uh, we started it uh, six years ago, almost. Gee, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, uh, five and a half. But, you know, there's uh, incorporating and getting all the uh, groundwork done. So that started before we actually launched. We launched August uh, 2015. Did you start in your like house or did you start like in the actual location where you were? We started, no, so I'm not a chef. Uh, okay. Uh, we are more of a, a web guy. Okay. Uh, so Andy Hay and I, a celebrity yeah. chef. He's been on the podcast before. Right. Yeah. Uh, him and I started it, and we partnered with Dom Rizzio to do all the food uh, production. Okay. Uh, so we built the website and just like, drove sales to them, and they, they handled the rest. Uh, after about a year of doing that, we decided to break out on our own and get our own kitchen. Yeah. Uh, did that for the you know the vast majority of our uh, of the the business's life, mm. and now we're back. Uh, I should stop saying we because Andy's uh, doing his own thing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just me as the the owner. Cool. Uh, but I'm back to outsourcing to Scanway. So Scanway makes all the food, and I just handle the web sales and marketing. So, so what is Scanway again? Can you explain that? It's a catering company. Catering company based out of Halifax, or yep. are they like, they're like a small catering company? Okay. Uh, actually, I would say they're one of Halifax's larger catering companies. Really? Yeah. So uh, how much do they handle other companies like yours? They uh, they don't. No? no. 
Uh, I think they have potential to, but they, they yeah. don't. It's interesting how like that business model could, it seems like lead to growth. You know, if you can take part of the, the, the huge equation of making the actual food and making it good and making it consistent, I feel like your job is just making things grow. Exactly. And that's what I always wanted to do. But when I started involving myself with the kitchen production, it just took up all my time. So now I'm finally in a, in a point where I can just scale the website. Yeah. Uh, so if I, and I, I'm not necessarily saying that this is the plan, but it's an option to go to other cities and, uh, and find other caterers to say, hey, can you make our food for us? Yeah. Uh, we'll just bring you business. So it, it could be a really fantastic way to grow. Just uh, We're starting to explore that now, so we'll see how it goes. The, the, the food delivery world, is huge right now and i think you know the, the healthy food delivery world or the marketplaces is, is so beneficial for busy people busy families i don't have you know a wife or a kid i got a girlfriend but you know sometimes i find myself it's tough to eat healthy yeah it's very tough so that's uh, obviously a big pain point that we solve but convenience has always been number one we need to be serving healthy food i think our customers would fall off if we didn't do that yeah I uh, didn't offer that, uh, but convenience is a really big piece of, of what we offer. Just people don't want to cook uh, week in, week out, and go to the grocery store and deal with meal prep and cleaning. Like, there's other stuff to do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, so during COVID, things really popped off for us, uh, as you can expect. <laughs> um, and, you know, especially when the pandemic first hit, people wanted to stock their freezers. So yeah. our frozen sales went through the roof. Uh, I'll be curious to know how things go once uh, uh, restrictions lift and people are going to be going back to the restaurants and and bars. Yeah. Uh, That could be an interesting change. So we might have to uh, pivot the business a a bit and add more catering services like party boxes so that people can uh, entertain their guests at at home, which is something that we're considering. but yeah, no, it's it, definitely lucky to be in this space because it has been growing. When you, when you six years ago, you started it. Yeah, yeah, about that. How much market research do you do before starting a company like this? Do you, you know, do you just call up friends, cousins, family members, like, hey, how much are you cooking these days? You know, well, what's the market research that you do to to start a company like this? Yeah, uh, quite frankly, I think I did way too much in the beginning. Did uh, you? Yeah, I, I put together something like a forty-eight page deck on research and planning, and and with with Billy's the smelling salts business. Uh, I thought of it it one weekend, spun up the site, and ordered everything the next weekend just to try and get a product out the door yeah. to then do my market research with pr- prospective customers. Yeah. Saute, I did a bunch of up wor- uh, upfront work to uh, analyze the, the market, um, see who else is doing something like this out there. Yeah. So what that looked like was uh, I just looked at bigger cities uh, to find meal prep companies or, or meal kit services and mostly just copied them yeah and and brought it here like yeah uh just ripped off and duplicated uh and yeah like so after that i put together a landing page and promoted it on facebook and within some uh, friend groups and got them to enter their email and and uh filled in a little survey to say hey what do you want in a meal prep service and then we basically just launched that uh, along with uh yeah some of our research yeah, I think about the when you said like look at other cities and you think of big cities like Toronto or whatever, Vancouver. And it's like, okay, yeah, there's so many people there. There's so much more business there. And I think of Halifax as starting a company like that. I'd be nervous at the very beginning, especially. Did you have overhead at the beginning? No, we didn't. And we, okay, that helps and a bit then. Don't, that was one thing that I was never willing to do is invest in a, in a big kitchen. Yeah. Uh, just because it's uh, it's super risky. You know, they cost, let's say, $100,000 and it's a low margin business. You have to pay back that debt. Over a period of time, it's just uh, 
like a, a fairly lengthy period of time and uh you know food trends change pretty quickly and uh at least for saute a lot of bigger competitors entered the market so that could have been uh, bad news for us mm. and it, it wasn't i think they kind of paved the road for us in, in a way like they spent a lot of money i'm talking about HelloFresh. Uh, putting a lot of money into marketing dollars, educating the market on uh, meal delivery, and saute was just always there, so we benefited from that. Yeah. But had that have swung the other way, uh, I could have been left with a, a big staff, a ton of yeah. uh, overhead, yeah. so on and so forth. So yeah. When I think of your business, I think of post-sporting events. Like I remember when I used to play hockey and I'd be on the road, it would just be pizza on the bus, right? wings, bottle mm. of water, and you're like, I don't know, bus for like four hours driving home. And when I think of your business, I'm like, wow, there's so much opportunity. Maybe not now because sports teams aren't traveling. But when things get back to normal, I think of just like the AUS, all those teams coming in from Acadia, St. Avax, UNB, and then getting back on the bus and going and eating a healthy meal. I always think of that aspect when I think of meal prep and healthy uh, and healthy meal prep for athletes. Have you ever thought of that aspect of it? We haven't spent much time uh, pursuing that, but yeah. the uh, Canadian women's softball team, order from us for something like uh two or three months uh so awesome. the entire team and coaches uh every meal uh of, of the day for a few months and and they needed they needed really high caloric meals 100 percent uh every day for the, the, in, the entire duration because they didn't have time when they're working out three four times a day they don't have time to to meal prep or even go out to get food so yeah we were a great solution there um Someone else also mentioned in the past the uh, the idea of, of catering to some of the shipping fleets, uh, whether it's oh yeah uh, yeah just like you know people going out to sea, they're often eating like, hot dogs and PB and J sandwiches, so <laughs> something healthier there might be uh, might be beneficial to them. Yeah, definitely. There's so many other aspects when things get back to normal that you think about that where people need meal prep. Uh, uh, you know, sports is just one option, but there's so many people that are on the go that are coming in and out. You just have to look at that and think of, oh, there's so many business opportunities in the food business. Because yeah. everyone eats. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, we can go really wide with it, and that's kind of what we're starting to do now. So saute has always been uh, a meal prep service, very narrow. You get your food on Monday and or Thursday. Yeah. Uh, but to grow locally, we need to offer a lot more. So we're going to start uh, offering a two-day delivery service with a much wider product uh, list. So some grocery items. Um, individual meals versus committing to $100 a week. Yeah. Uh, let's say uh, catering. We now have dog food even. No way. Yeah. Uh, raw <laughs> dog food, which is uh, I, a lot more challenging than I thought it would be. How so? Well, dog food, um, people who are buying raw dog food uh, are heavily invested in their, their, their pets. Okay. And they seem to be even pickier than, than humans are. <laughs> so people, I believe that. People, yeah. And it, it makes total sense now. Um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's it's remarkable how many uh, questions and preferences they have for us before committing to a dog plan. Uh, so it's just it's just more work than we anticipated, but um, it's uh, it's all in line with trying to add more value to to our customer base, and yeah. we're doing that. That's one thing I think is a, a great thing about a business owner, an entrepreneur, whatever. It's setting up an umbrella, which is a company, and then building underneath that umbrella. For example, with our company, okay, great, it started as a podcast. You know, the umbrella was high button sports, but now under the podcast, what else do we have? We have live streaming. Okay, now we have clothing. Now we have, it's great to diversify because that one 
keeps you entertained so you don't get bored and two it helps you know create new goals for yourself in order to push towards because you and i both know as an entrepreneur the only thing that gets us up in the morning is a new challenge right. and like you talk about yourself with the dog aspect and, and, and that being a market it must be fun and exciting to to go after that maybe you're not the most educated in it but you're going to learn you're going to figure it out and you're going to sell some product to some dog owners that's yeah to, at least right. for me that's that's what gets me excited about my job yeah well so saute is uh, a brand yeah and uh, it, it's a brand about healthy living and and, and helping people, uh, you know, live uh, a better life, yeah. a healthier life. Uh, and that extends to their pets. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so under the umbrella of, of that kind of mission and, and vision for the, the company, what else can we sell? There's a long line of things that we can we can do there. Yeah. We've always stuck with food. Maybe we branch out inside of that and get into supplements. Or yeah. uh, maybe we provide schools with uh, healthy meals or... Uh, you, you can kind of be as creative as you, you want if if you're aligned to that, that brand vision. Uh, I think there's way more value in saute going outside the region uh, rather than just sticking locally, yeah. which is challenging because then you can't be as uh, as wide with your product ski list. You have to do maybe one or two things really, really well. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now is like, do we just double down and stay local and build a, a really big business kind of like a – well, don't you have to stay local right now? How you can't expand because of the bubble, really? Uh, or can you? Well, we can. You can. So, s- s- okay. what we could do is go to a caterer, uh, let's say in in Moncton or Toronto, okay, and say, "Hey, uh, here are ten items we sell that sells through really, really well." Yeah, you can offer them on subscription. We'll just bring you the business, and you make them and deliver them. Yeah, that would be the pitch to uh, to a caterer there. Yeah, but. Um, back to Scanway, like they've just been so supportive in expanding locally that it's hard not to, to do that. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends and family locally that I, I want to service and, and I think we can do that. So, uh, that's the back and forth that I've, uh, I've been struggling with, uh, mm-hmm. lately with respect to, to Saute's growth. What do you think the, uh, the future of grocery stores is looking like? You see that Amazon yeah. store? Yeah. So I, I think it'll... Um, I think it'll largely be, it'll largely be delivery. You think Um, so? You don't think they'll be going to the grocery store anymore? No, I I think that there's always going to be a place for local markets. Yeah. Um, I think the future is delivery and local. I would love to see, so Amazon's great because they, they provide a really convenient service, but it's what my gripe with Amazon has always been that, in order for me to get a product to my door, it has the product has to be shipped from usually pretty far away. Yeah. So if I want to order protein powder, uh, that protein powder might come from Vancouver uh, when it's sitting in my backyard at a, at a local store. Mm-hmm. I think Amazon or Shopify or some new company will come come around and enable local merchants to get that product to me in in a, in a way that's as convenient as Amazon. That has uh, to be quick though. Yeah, and that's that's the challenge. So for a local business to get that uh, product to me as fast as Amazon does, even though it's next door, uh, and to do it in a way that's as as seamless uh, as Amazon's say mobile app, uh, a lot has to improve. Yeah. So we're not there yet, but I think that's where things are going. People are going to want to shop local, and they're going to want to shop from their their couch or their phone. Mm-hmm. So uh, I th- I still think that there will be uh, like you know people want to buy from local farmers and local merchants and and markets have been around forever forever yeah. they're fun 
Yeah, there, exactly. There's an element to it that's fun. So, yeah. so that won't go away. But I think what you'll see is um, a lot of grocery stores maybe uh, downsize and offer uh, more more delivery options or uh, or move like underground in, in some ways. What do you so, mean by that? So there's a, a new grocery company out of New York. I'm, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's called like Fridge No More or something okay. along those lines. And they have uh, a lot of almost like ghost kitchen grocery stores that are taking up uh, really cheap commercial real estate in the basements of, of buildings. Okay. And they're a delivery-only model, so you can shop from your phone and, and get delivery. And, so very similar and, to yours in a way. Yeah, exactly. So uh, ghost kitchens are just uh, a, like a, an online take to, to restaurant uh, delivery. Okay. Uh, so rather than getting your food from uh, a bricks and mortar restaurant like uh, Bicycle Thief, yeah, uh, Bicycle Thief might have an an offshoot kitchen in the basement somewhere that doesn't cost nearly as much uh, in in rent uh, and operates better from an online delivery standpoint. So I think you'll probably see something akin to that with uh, grocery stores. So Superstore might have a, a place over in Burnside where they're fulfilling. Uh, most of their uh, online orders and and their superstore downtown might be a little more curated and okay. will cost them less in, in overhead. Now, I can't imagine that's going to happen anytime soon, but that's probably where things are going if, if yeah. I were to make a bet. How much time are you looking at the marketplace compared to looking at your business and improving it? Because at the same time, looking at your business and the marketplace, you want to improve your business into the new marketplace and where it's going to be in a year, two years, three years, whatever it is. But, you know, time away from working on your business can, you know, suffer from your business. So uh, how do you split your time between the two? Uh, yeah, I would say half. Uh, yeah, maybe half my time is spent just reading and doing research and oh, yeah? listening to experts. Uh, and that's not half my, my working day. I'm not. You know, yeah. Uh, Eight a.m. To, to to twelve noon, just reading and doing research. But in my off time, I'm I'm doing a lot of research, um, just in on on ideas in in general. And naturally, I'm inclined to uh, to look for opportunities for for saute. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it's really important. If you're not reading or listening to podcasts or finding sources of inspiration and and for the, you know educating yourself further, then uh, your business is going to fall behind mm. uh, whether it's not keeping up to customers wants and needs or a competitor coming in and uh, identifying an opportunity that you're not taking advantage of absolutely that's one thing that's like the word entrepreneur right now is so uh it just it, it's very tangible you can do it you know i, I feel like i don't know if i'd oh, yeah. be able to do this job you know 20 15 even 10 years ago you know, the, the, you know, if you want to advertise, you can advertise for free. If you want to promote your own product, you can promote it for free. If you want to do anything, you, it's tangible within a, a laptop and that's it. Um, so here's an example. Okay. Um, Mr. Beast is this, uh, famous YouTuber. I think he's number two behind PewDiePie he has, uh, I don't know, 50 million subscribers or something Jesus. crazy. Makes a ton of money. Okay. He launched a burger chain called Mr. Beast Burger in 300 locations uh, within a year. You couldn't do that five years ago. Uh, How many locations? I think 300 in counting. And it's because of this, uh, the, he he doesn't need infrastructure. uh, Or he he leans on existing infrastructure, I should say. He's not the one building 
a restaurant out. So it's not like the founder, like McDonald's, where they go in, buy the land, and then build it. It's already built, and then he goes in, okay. Exactly, and yeah. says, hey, can you make uh, a burger this way? And the restaurant says, yeah, absolutely, I can make a burger that way. Just put, and he, he would say, okay, just put this sticker on it, and now it's a Mr. Beast burger. Yeah. Uh, same thing with setting up uh, um, an online store. Like The difficulty of, of setting up an online store in the past meant it involved having your own servers and spending $100,000 on building a website uh, and not to mention warehousing all of your product and shipping all your product. Now, within a weekend, you can build a website, uh, have another company fulfill, manufacture, uh, print, fulfill, handle uh, returns on your behalf, uh, all for like 40 bucks. And so you're cutting out so many additional costs and there are just so many examples of people doing this successfully that you can, again, just rip off and duplicate those mm. those ideas. Especially right now in a time where everyone has a little bit of extra time, a little bit of free time, a little bit of time to think for themselves, a little bit of time to go, eh, maybe I'm not a huge fan of this accounting job. Maybe I can try something else on the side. There's no better time to, to try something like this. You know, the I'm not, is, is Billy's uh, smelling salt an example of that? It's Yeah, exactly. I just, you know, have extra time on my hands I want yeah. to get creative and a little passion project exactly yeah. and uh, you know it could blow up it it could sink I, I don't know uh, but you're trying you know what I mean that's the thing you're I, going for it who gives a fuck if you fail who cares you tried let's right. go yeah exactly and it's not costing me anything no right so uh, yeah uh, exactly I thought about that idea like three four weeks ago the next weekend had pretty much everything stood up and today we're selling see that's one thing I want to hone in on to everyone that's listening is that you didn't procrastinate you just went for it you're still learning lessons you're still going through the pro the the, the process of building a a, a smelling salts company right. that's one thing i think a lot of you know you, you can't procrastinate just do it just do it just, yeah and just don't be scared of, of launching a product that kind of looks shitty like, a fun. you know i don't think it does at all it looks great yeah uh but it could look better yeah and had we have waited until the packaging was was perfect or uh the the pricing was was right uh you know we would have lost time and potential customers and maybe not gone off the ground. So mm. we still don't know who we're targeting. Like we're going after the hockey audience. We're going after gamers. We're going after weightlifters, uh, maybe football players. They all use or could use smelling salts. Uh, yeah. Everyone could use it. Wake up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could use one today. But, uh, and, and so we're unsure as, as to like where we'll end up, maybe in all those categories or all, targeting all those segments. But uh, right now we're just trying to taking the shotgun approach and seeing – kind of what works did you have this mindset in high school did you always know that you wanted to venture out and do your own thing or, or did you think that you were going to be a, a, a corporate guy i don't know um so in high school i had my own entrepreneurial projects okay. there's your answer yeah but back then i was i was telling people that i wanted to get into architecture and, and real estate george costanza george costanza exactly art van delay he's in the, <laughs> oh yeah what no, does he say he's a uh, he's importer, a exporter. importer that was on last night that episode nobody's like i'm a i'm an architect yeah he, yeah, yeah the guggenheim right. <laughs> <laughs> didn't take that long <laughs> city planner that's right yeah he's doing bridges yeah so they're usually done by engineers yeah well whatever. yeah 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 when he was lying to the jerry's yeah, right. girlfriend at the diner yeah, yeah 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 okay sorry keep going you wanted to be an importer exporter i mean architectural designer city yeah. planner yeah well i mean so i think the like when i was really young i was drawing uh tons of like floor plans and buildings and homes and towers really? and cars so i think just the uh the idea of, of building something 
was was always there. Yeah. I didn't know that it was entrepreneurship. I just wanted to create stuff. Okay. Were you the doodler in class? Like, were you the kid that was unfocused a little bit because you were focused on other things in life? Well, definitely. Yeah, I don't know doodler, but you know what I mean. Like the kid that wasn't paying attention because you're you're more worried about what you want to do outside of class. Depends on the class. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, absolutely. There were some some classes and and topics that I absolutely loved. Yeah. Uh, So I I really liked physics and I really liked Shakespeare. Really? Uh, Yeah. Uh, But most other classes couldn't couldn't pay attention. There's nothing wrong with that. What's a skill set that you realized you had as soon as you left school that, you know, when you enter the real world, there there, there are certain things that come your way that you might not think you're going to be able to handle. But oddly enough, you just handle it really well without any training. What's that one skill set that you think that came naturally to you when it came to the, I don't want to say business world or entrepreneurial world, but just... I don't know, just just a life lesson that came to you extremely quickly and naturally. That's a good question. Uh, I would say just like, not that I'm a great leader by any means, but some form of, of leadership. You know how to get a point across. Yeah, and okay. like get people together and excited about an idea. Yeah. Just like organizing people to work together on something. Okay. Similar to sports. Like if, if your team's down, like can you motivate your, uh, your hockey team to, you know, push – uh, a little bit harder in the, in the final few minutes or, yeah. uh, or, or come up with a plan to, to beat the team. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I have a really good answer for that, but I was just always good at like working with other people to, yeah. to accomplish a, a shared mission. Yeah. Do you think the key to that is you said, I think you said maybe you didn't, but excitement. One thing I always like to do with the people that come to work here is, uh, is promote excitement, promote opportunity, promote things that could happen if we do this. You get people's, uh, not emotions involved, but you get people's, um, you know, senses involved of, okay, look, you know, we might have McKinnon come on the podcast. Let's work towards this so then it can happen. You like set goals for Uh, other people, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I I would say, uh, I think what you're kind of describing is, can I get people to share my vision? Exactly, yeah. But that's hard to do for some people because getting a point across or sharing a vision, not a lot of us share the same vision. Especially when you can't totally put into words yourself. Uh, So, yeah, uh, I I think the answer to that is yes. Like, uh, I'm I'm often rewriting my goals and revisualizing my goals Mm. and trying to communicate that with um, my team members on a fairly regular basis and it's it's probably annoying for them uh, it is, yeah. to, to constantly go over this what seems like the same thing but what I'm trying to do is just iterate and, and perfect that that destination that we're trying to get to were your parents entrepreneurs no well um, are they so uh, my mom's a piano teacher no way so which is kind of entrepreneurial entrepreneurial I yeah. guess and uh, my dad who's out of the picture was uh he, had, he did a lot of different things, but a builder. So he built chips, uh, was a airplane mechanic, car mechanic. No way. Uh, and built homes. So, you know, definitely a builder. Yeah. So well, I, I think that's probably where my uh, uh, passion for building came from at, at a young age. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, building homes is a lot different than building meals. But in the same yeah. sense, I guess it comes back to, you know, to creating something. Yeah, no, exactly. And so, yeah, down the road, I just wanted to be like buying, building, growing companies. Yeah. I think that's, uh, there's just so much room for creativity and growth there versus uh, a local business or real estate or, yeah. or something that has 
much tighter parameters. Do you find it challenging right now in a world where you can't really leave the Atlantic bubble that it's kind of affecting your, your company? Like, you know, if you were able to go to New Brunswick or Toronto or Vancouver right now for a week to explore different business opportunities, you could be, you know, in a different seat right now. Do you find that challenging or do you find it almost helpful that everyone's locked in and you can share your product with everyone because they're not going to leave? Uh, I, it, I don't think it's hindered me in any way. I've just spent a lot more time yeah. uh, finding interesting podcasts or clubhouse rooms or, or, uh, accounts on Twitter that uh, I may not have found uh, otherwise if I if I wasn't kind of itching for uh, new sources of excitement and, and yeah. creativity and inspiration. Uh, that being said, whenever I go to a big city, I'm just like so incredibly energized. Oh yeah, there's an energy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I definitely miss that and I can't wait to, to travel again. I don't think there's honestly. any downfall of traveling to, to explore new business. One, if you fail, you know, whatever, it's unfortunate, but at least someone else in another part of the world is recognizing your, your brand, recognizing you as a person, and right. it's another connection in another part of the world. That's one thing I really miss about this this part of the company is, you know, like right now, what is it? Is it, is it Atlantic's time, provincial time for hockey? It would be. So, like, right now, there'd be provincials, there'd be Atlantics all over the country, and tons of things, there. and we'd be there 100% yeah. filming, doing podcasts, and it, don't get me wrong, it would be great, but at the same time, you got to think everyone's going through the exact same thing that we're going through of not being able to leave and, and do certain things. So, like I said, it all brings it back to perspective, but the, the traveling aspect, you remember at the beginning of the podcast, we're talking about, like, excitement, yep. Yep. you know, the, a, a new goal, a new something just keeps you going as an entrepreneur. The traveling aspect that's that same excitement, uh, a new goal, a new relationship, uh, a new business opportunity. That's one thing that keeps me going for sure. Yeah, I think you just have to, like, when you're, so you're not able to travel and that was a, a big part of your business, um, you know, you just have to get creative and, and figure yeah. out, like, new things to do. There was a, an Instagram account that I found the other day called Terminators Hockey uh, based out of Vancouver. What is it, Terminators Hockey? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty hilarious. So <laughs> what, is, what do they do? <laughs> they cover Rec League. Oh, like Beer they, League? They cover Beer League, okay. yeah. Uh, and so it's it's guys tripping over the blue line, taking terrible slap shots that barely make it to the net. Yeah. Uh, goalies, you know, way out of position, and they just make fun of them the whole time. <laughs> Love it. So you go to the BMO and, and check out the C League or yeah. B League or whatever, my league. and just, Yo, you, play, you play at the BMO, do you? Yeah, Sunday nights. There you go. Four-game winning streak after uh, bringing the uh, Simone Salts to the, to the bench, just saying. It's a, it's a, it's a, what do they call it? Superstition? Yeah. The boys oh, yeah. need it now? Oh, yeah. Hockey players are really superstitious. 100%. No, that's a, that's why the smelling salts is a great, uh, yeah, it's a great business opportunity for, yeah. for athletes because it's not even hockey players, just athletes in oh, general sure. are very superstitious. Yep. Well, it could uh, be good. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, you know, maybe you have to spin up something like that, but you'll be back on the streets here soon, right? Do I hope know? so, yeah. I don't know. I hope when you say like the trying new thing, like, don't get me wrong. I love to try and new things. And, but sometimes I feel like it could fail. Like we've done a couple things that not that I wouldn't say haven't worked, but like, I find I force it too much. If I try new things like, okay, we're sitting here for a week. We haven't done anything. What the hell are we going to do next? And you can end up making decisions that aren't good for the company just because you're almost bored. Right. So sometimes I find I can, but think, you about, know what I mean? Yeah. But think about Jimmy Fallon and those types of shows where they're, they're trying new bits every week. I guess they're so, trying yeah. new new games to engage their their guests and and their audience. So, uh, you could have something that's revolving, something new, and then when something sticks, then you you keep doing it and ditch the ones that that don't work. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know how much effort that is, so I'm gonna work out for you. Mm. But uh, if you could have different segments that you're trying on a regular basis, and just to just to find one that 
resonates with people. I'm trying, like right now we're almost at the point with the company where I need to be a little bit better at managing the people that are around me rather than trying to do everything myself. Not trust issues, but just a little bit better at uh, delegating. delegating, maybe just, just direction. You know, we have a guy right now named Jeff and he goes to, uh, where does Jeff go to school? Ryerson. Ryerson. So I'll say, you know, Jeff, okay, we need uh, this video edited and we need uh, his name to pop up on the bottom, but we need the name to be in blue ink. Uh, and then there needs to be like a fade out song. I won't say all of that to him. I'll just be like, hey, look, we need a name to be popped up. Uh, and that's it. And then he'll give me the video and I'm almost, I'll be mad at him, but I should be mad at myself because I didn't give him better direction because I'm so focused on replying to four emails right now. You know what I mean? So it's it's almost like my 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 time and my direction needs to be a little bit better to allow people to to help grow the company rather than me just do every single problem. You know what I mean? Oh, I know I know what you mean all too well. So yeah, like it's... my only recommendation there would be to document your process. So when you need a video like that, you can send him a template. It's like we need uh, the font in blue ink. It needs to be bottom left corner. It needs to be this long. It needs to be fade out. Uh, and all these types of videos need to, to follow this document that's in Google Drive so that you like can reference. Make a document, send it to him, or send it to any. Okay, I see what you're saying. Like build a checklist for everything. a checklist. I like that. Yeah, build a checklist for everything that you do. Yeah, yeah. There's a really good book called The Checklist Manifesto. Um, it, it was talking about the the medical uh, community. I think it was a, a doctor. I won't get into it, but uh, <laughs> it, it applies to business. Okay. Yeah. No, I can't think of some of these guys. Like you know, look at I'm not saying look at Jeff Bezos, the guy that created Amazon. I don't say everyone knows who that is, but managing that many people at the very beginning, because obviously now he doesn't probably, probably doesn't run it now, but at the very beginning, having a, a staff of 20, 30, 40, I don't know, a hundred people, I couldn't imagine how to spend your time in the morning from, you know, 8 a.m. to noon, what you have to be able to accomplish, and then noon to five o'clock. If, you know, some people's brains are creative in the morning, some people get rid of the emails in the morning. But I, I just couldn't imagine managing that many people and getting a, a company like that off the ground. Yeah, it's just it's another, it's another, uh, it's another brain like that you and I maybe couldn't fathom. <laughs> couldn't, you know, yeah. it's 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 odd. Yeah, it's freakish. Yeah, no, it is. No, but it's uh, necessary. Yeah, no, I I have no idea what that would look like building a a company of that size. Well, but yeah, I mean, imagine being like you know hyper organized, having amazing people around you, having tons of funding. To, to hire me. Yeah, funding too. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. But that's is, Bezos. Is that one thing that you look for? I'm not funding, but just like, you know, if you want to grow a company, sometimes you need other people's money. Or do you like, okay, no, I'm going to earn my own money and then build off that? Because there's something about owing other people money yeah. that can ruin a, a company. Yeah, no, we've always been bootstrapped in anything that I've I've done. Yeah. Uh, I see the value in, in money uh, and funding, uh, external external funding. Uh, I, you know, maybe if, if I wanted to be in 10 locations with Saute or, uh, I wanted to be global with, with Billy's or, uh, yeah. then, then I would, if I wanted to, if I had something that was working really, really well yeah. and just wanted to let it on fire and, and move way faster, then I would go seek funding yeah. knowing that I could pay that, that off or know that it, knowing that it would greatly benefit me. Yeah. You know, whether it's debt or if it's it's equity, uh, not, certainly not opposed to it because I, I see the value. But that lender would have to be a very strategic partner. Yeah. I, I wouldn't just go to the bank. Um, that being said, if uh, if I wanted to to buy a business, which I think would be a great way to to grow, going to the bank would be a great option. Do you think you're good at assessing risk within Saute? 
and also could you give me an example of assessing risk within saute uh, yeah so I, i'm i'm pretty risk averse uh, despite being an entrepreneur uh so i i think i i'm i'm not uh risky enough uh when i'm looking at an idea like i have to to know that it's going to pay off yeah so um uh, an example um yeah, I don't know. Like, I typically just reach out to, to people, whether it's via email or Instagram, and get a sense of how many people are willing to pay me money for or pay the company money mm. for an idea before ever ever launching it. Uh, and I'll often look at at other companies that are doing the exact same thing in similar size markets uh, and get a sense of how well they're doing. And if I f- feel as though uh, they're successful and I know that my customers are are willing to pay for the service then then i'll launch it yeah and i won't spend that much money on say photography or website development or uh you know any upfront cap significant capital costs uh i'll just launch a minimum kind of viable or lovable product and and build from there okay uh i don't know if i'm answering your question no, a little bit kind of, yeah, yeah yeah that's kind of how i th- i think about things just like one foot in uh, rather than diving in all at once, yeah. and it's usually backed by some level of research and and um, it seems like you do a lot of research though. You say some level, it seems like you're a big research guy. I, I'm I'm not compared to some other people that I uh, um, not work with, but uh, no. hang out with from a yeah, yeah. known hang out with from a in a professional setting. Yeah. Uh, who are yeah uh, so, yeah I, I guess I do a, a decent amount yeah, but I I don't I. I never want to be bogged down or I, I never want that research to, to really slow me down. So yes, I'm doing it, but I'm also still working on the idea to, yeah. to some extent. One thing that you said you, I thought was cool about the competition and assessing yourself and, and trying to be different from the competition. I think of our company a lot, you know, everyone and their grandmother has a podcast these days and you know, everyone has a camera. Everyone can, everyone can live stream a game. Everyone can have a podcast. Anyone can sell a sweater. Everyone can do exactly what we're doing right now. But you know, I, I work my ass off to, to separate myself from everyone else that's doing it. What's something that you do in order to separate, yourself from people that are also selling uh the products that you're selling wow that's a good question um so like talking to our our customers is has has always been the easiest most effective thing to do so simply figuring out what they what they want next and just giving that to them yeah um i work i I work pretty hard i think like every entrepreneur does but uh you know putting in long hours and and doing lots of uh, <laughs> there's the word again, research and reading as to, to, to what's going to come up next. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think the the best answer to that is just that I'm really looking at what other people are doing in, in bigger markets, yeah. like smarter, uh, people than, than I, you know, like what are they doing and, and what can I kind of steal from them? Would you say you're yeah. a visual learner? Like, oh, do you yeah. have to see someone make mistakes in order to not do that, or do you have to read about it in a in a newspaper and go, okay, I'm going to implement that? Uh, no. Even if someone has made a mistake, I don't think that it's a reason to not uh, try that idea yourself because that idea could have failed for a number of reasons that you that were out of that that founder's control. Okay. Um. Uh. But I mean, if the idea is failing across the board, then. Uh, then that's a, a, a good indicator. So uh, yeah, for for me, I would I'm definitely visual. I, I need to see that that business uh, 
from top to bottom. Oftentimes I'll download, uh, I probably shouldn't be sharing this, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll download a prospectus on a company yeah, and get a sense of, which is like their, their overview, their, their financials, uh, uh, you know, every tool that they're, they're using, get a sense of how they're working from the back end, uh, and trying to apply some of those things to, to my business, even though it's, it might not be a total competitor. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of businesses for sale out there, and that's where these prospective docs come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're they're private and confidential and, and all that. Yeah. But you can get a sense of how uh, the some some pretty large companies operate and and how they're doing and what investments have paid off where. Yeah. And so you can learn from that and, and apply to your own company. I'm a big visual learner. I love watching other people and seeing what they're doing and not. A, you know, like tweaking things a little bit. It's like, okay, that plan is working. I'm going to take that for myself and adjust it to my style. I don't think I don't think that's stealing. I, th- you know, at the end of the day, were you the first guy to start a no, of course, a, a restaurant where it's prepackaged food to sell it? Absolutely not. I was yeah. I the first guy to have a podcast and live stream and sell clothing? Absolutely not. But there's so much inspiration out there that you can take and tweak and adjust to make it your own. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, absolutely not. And a lot of these other podcasts are are sharing how they've they've grown. Uh, the Gary Vaynerchuk content plan is, is just, you know, yeah. record hour long segments, then chop that up into a million different pieces and, and distribute it across as many platforms as you can, mm-hmm. and then repost that and distribute it as, as, as far and, and wide as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, he's a great example of someone who took his playbook and then just shared it with everyone. and For free. For free. And I, I don't think anyone that, uh, you know, has started a company in San Francisco and has done well would be frustrated by someone in Halifax taking their uh, taking different ideas from their business and, and applying it. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd be I'd be pretty honored if someone did that with with Saute. Yeah. Even even locally, like uh, I don't I don't want tons of competition, but uh, if if I'm inspiring other entrepreneurs to go off and start their own companies, then that's that's amazing. I love one thing that he Gary V uh, preaches is perspective about happiness and. At the very be- like when I was Justin's age coming out of high school, I thought you needed to be a millionaire, have a Ferrari, live in a mansion in order to be happy. And it, it's it's interesting as you get older, you learn what makes you happy and I guess successful. In my mind, I'm successful. I have my own business. I got a house. I I wake up every day and do what I want. Am I rich? By no means am I rich, but I wake up every day and get to work at my own goals and and try to succeed and and try to inspire others like Justin and other people that are within the company. It's like that's what makes me happy. And one thing Gary always preaches is is perspective of your happiness and and you know knowing that on the other side where the guy's driving the Ferrari and he's in the mansion. Yeah, sure, it would be nice. Don't get sure. me wrong, I'd love that too. But is that guy just as happy as I am? I don't know. You know that that, that guy's got to pay a lot of taxes. That guy has a lot of people reaching in his pocket looking for some money. That guy has a lot of issues with his employees. You know, uh, there's things in life that you can downsize and be just as happy as a guy like that. And that's one thing I think from, I don't know, I'm 29 now, from the age I was 25 to now, I've really learned about happiness and running a company is you don't have to have the big, you don't got to be Apple, Google, you don't got to be these big companies. You just got to wake up every day and be happy with what you're doing. And I think that's my key to longevity with this company is just perspective. I'm just happy. You know, yeah. I wake up every day and I get to, you know, we had Sportsnet on this morning. I'm here drinking my coffee. I'm talking to Justin. I don't have a boss breathing down my neck. I don't have anything, you know, I have to reply to that I'm in trouble for with anything. It's it's just a, it's, it's a nice life. And if you can create that surrounding for yourself, I think that's key to, 
to longevity within a business. This is just creating a surrounding of yourself that you wake up every day happy. Yeah, I don't, I don't that's think, for me though. I don't think many people can say that. So kudos to you. Like finding happiness and and finding a career that that you love is is hard to come by. Uh, it's you know certainly possible, and you have to probably take a lot of risk to to get there. I'm sure you did. Uh, yeah, yeah like, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be happy though. I've worked at a bank. I've been a landscaper, and there's people that wake up every day and they love cutting grass. They love taking weeds out of the grass and they love it. I'm not saying do what I'm doing, but it's just finding that happiness that, I don't know, makes it all worth it, yeah. you know? Yeah, for me, it's just like having freedom, which is basically- Yeah, free, yeah. Yeah, like what you just said, you get to hang out with who you want to hang out with and work when you want and and you have your own house. And like, for me, it's just, yeah, uh, freedom. And, and that comes in part from, um, from finances, you know, being able to- make enough money to live the, the life that you want. Um, but it's not, not, you know, all about money. Like, uh, I would say, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. Um, <clears throat> just for, yeah, for me, it's, it's just, uh, yeah. Being able to have that, that freedom and, and have a business that kind of covers my cost yeah. of living. Advice to your younger self. Let's say you're 19 years old. What do you say to yourself right now? Uh, travel more. Uh, like travel earlier. I didn't travel enough when I was that age. Mm. Uh, I, I did this. I did a good job of this, but I would say like reach out to, um, and and find more mentors and people that are inspiring, um, uh, in fields that that I want to learn more about. Um, develop like a, a really healthy reading habit. Uh, like every. Th- yeah, every like major leap I've I've made has come from a lot of learning, reading, listening. So audiobooks, audiobooks, even, like whatever works for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'd stick with those. Those are three good tips. Yeah, I don't know if those are helpful for anyone, but that, that's what I would. They're helpful for myself. me. I don't I don't read that much, but I'll try to read more if you say I, so. I, yeah, I man. I don't read that much either. I read a lot of uh, business articles and and uh, read a lot of perspective docs, perspective yeah. docs, and and listen to a lot of books. But to sit me down and and read a hardcover from front to back is, is pretty difficult. So I don't want to make it seem as if I'm a I'm a big reader. Just yeah, always reading something uh, in a in a in a different form. Another aspect of why I like to travel is because you have time to sit down and listen to a podcast. Yeah. Like I'll admit, I rarely listen to a podcast or read a book. But when I'm traveling and I got to sit there for three hours, that that to me is when I can soak up some knowledge. Because when I'm here, I'm just focused on this. Yeah, you know. Oftentimes I'll go for a drive and yeah. just to listen to a podcast, or go for a really long walk just to, to listen to a podcast. Yeah, because it's hard to to fit in when you're. I don't know, around the house doing doing work or whatever yeah. the case is. What are you doing? How much time are we at, Justin? Uh, 46 minutes. What are you doing the rest of the day? Uh, I actually don't have any meetings today. No way. What's today, Tuesday? No, it's Wednesday. Wednesday? You got no nothing to do on uh, a Wednesday? No, it's amazing. Yesterday was... What? St. Patrick's Day. Oh, is today a holiday? Yeah. Well, it's not a holiday. Is it? No. Are you supposed to be in school right now? No, it's March break. Oh, is it? Okay, sorry. That's, so what, that's <laughs> not why I don't have any okay, meetings. Okay, okay. Yeah, just boozing all day. Okay. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I just uh, all day. You agree, your teeth are all green. You're just drinking green beer all yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, so uh, Saute is is launching this uh, much bigger website soon, and oh, wow. it's a ton of work uh, for me to get that out the door. Okay. Uh, so I'll be working on that. We also have a, a ton of people that that's on the Saute side of things. And then uh, with Billy's, I have 
uh, a bunch of people to send product to. Nice. So That's a good feeling. So I'm going to be hand bombing uh, a bunch of envelopes with smelling salts. I love it. That's is- a yeah, kind of weird, but and you know what another you know what another thing that's great is that for your business with Sauté, you know how to ship product out. So how much did that come in handy with now shipping smelling salts out? You know, it's, it's like, like it, it's it's different. It is no, it, no, it's it's oh, it's different. It's different. Okay, in what way? Well, Sauté is all local delivery, so we use uh, local couriers, and and now we use uh, Scanway to deliver everything. With this, it's all Canada Post or or FedEx. Do you have one of these, like the the printing label things? I have one. I don't know where it is. Well, how are you going to ship the things out then? Bring them to the post office. And oh, no, 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 brutal. no. Will, you're, you can't do that. you got to buy one of these, and they print it up for you. I have one. I have one. I just can't find it. So today. that's what you're doing today. You're looking for that. I'm looking for that today. And then what you do is you print it, you put it on here, and then you bring it to Canada Post, and they look at you with a smile because they don't have to ask any questions. It's already there for you. All right, there you go. Yep. Another thing you should do is look at getting, uh, if you're going to ship with Canada Post, get a Canada Post business card. They allow you to have, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Shopify maybe. gives you 30, 30 some odd percent off. Is it? Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I have. So like within the back end, I can just print the the the, uh, the label, whatever it's called. Okay. Uh, and it comes with a 30% discount. 30% off. So with, yeah, in with Saute, uh, I negotiated a 70% discount with FedEx to ship food across the province. How which, in the hell did you do that? I'm paying, I, I full, I'm pay, I'm paying full price with yeah, Canada Post. Give them a call. Give but it, call. that's the thing. My, who, who's your website with? I'm with Squarespace. Can I switch Shopify to my Squarespace account, website? Uh, you could have, yeah, you could have your front end as as Squarespace and your back end of Shopify, but I just switch everything to Shopify. I'm paying like $400 a year for Squarespace to have everything on there. Yeah. What's, you, what's Shopify saying? Yeah. Maybe a little bit more actually. Just a really? little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Shipping costs are crazy. Like to ship something to Dartmouth, like a sweater to Dartmouth is 16 bucks, but to ship something to Toronto, it was like 17 bucks. Right. Exactly. It's just like, what, what, how do you come up with those margins? Yeah. So if I ship like a, like a five pound package or 10 pound package, it costs me 15 bucks. Anywhere, yeah, anywhere in Nova Scotia, which is kind of crazy. Which is kind of crazy. Well, we do like if, if we have a you know if it's a, if 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 it's within a thirty minute drive of this place, we'll just deliver it ourselves, take the delivery fee, and then just put it towards gas on my own car. Yeah, and it's like that's how you do it. But if it's if it's in Truro, if it's in Windsor, Toronto, anywhere else in Canada, obviously we're gonna ship it, but. I like doing the local delivery too because you get to know who your customers are. Like you said, what's one thing that you're doing to separate yourself from the competition? It's like talking to our customers. I love going up to a door with a sweater. Some guy that lives out in Sackville, I have no idea who he is, knocking on the door. You know, hey, John, how you doing? How'd you hear a high button sports? Here's your sweater. That personal one-on-one connection makes a huge difference, huge difference. And it's those are the people that are going to be with you for the next 20 years because you sat there for 10 minutes, had that conversation with them, thanked them, and got to know them a little bit. Yeah. I love that uh, that element of it, too. Yeah, that's how we started, uh, just delivering uh, meals ourselves on the, on the streets. Did you? And you just... Yeah. yeah. It, it, was a, it was a grind. Yeah, well, of uh, course. It, you know, it has to be. So I don't get that anymore, but uh, I know what you mean. It's super valuable to get to know your customers. like... Who are they? Why do they like your your service? What problems do they have? Uh, what else could you uh, you know offer to, yeah. to make their lives easier? Yeah, uh, you get all of that from you know one quick one minute interaction. You said um, for for Billy smelling salts, you're still trying to figure out who your demographic is. Who's your demographic for for saute? Is it it's like know, twenty? So professional? It, yeah, young professionals. Uh, our audience, the people who buy from us, 
are largely female, like 70%. 70% female? Yep. Um, but uh, that's not necessarily who's consuming. Like um, They might be buying for the For family. their boyfriend or for the husband. Like, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, could be. Uh, what about the age? 25 to 34, and then there's a, a gap. Uh, and it goes up, to the, like the second segment is like 55 plus. Really? Yeah. So, so there's it, a gap between like 30 and 40 or 50 right there. Yeah. We don't have a lot of clients uh, with dependents. Okay. Because uh, we don't have great family meal options. Yeah. And, and so like bulk is what you mean? Like or, like or, the KFC family pack kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe not fried chicken. Well, but fried chicken's good. It, I have, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... And yeah, we don't have a lot of like kid friendly options. Yeah. Something we need to change. But there's uh, there's a gap in the, in our in our segment there. I wonder what that gap is from. I think it's people having kids at at that age. Yeah, but does, why would they? Does that mean they're cooking? Like if they're not ordering from you from the ages of thirty five to fifty, you mean they're cooking from home? Is that what you're saying? The, yeah, they're cooking from home or they're using another like meal kit delivery service. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not saying that we don't have customers with kids we have we have plenty but it it is an underserved audience for us yeah uh so uh i would have thought the opposite i would th- i would have thought the people that just had a new kid you know are have no time to cook you so know I, that's we, what i would have thought we, yeah we sell a ton of meals to uh people with newborns uh for okay. a short duration yeah. oftentimes people are buying gifts for those people though so it's it's yeah. not like those people are signing up saying I, I really need this help. Usually it's a friend who's saying, "Hey, this person needs help for uh, uh, you know a short period of time. Mm. Can I send them you know thirty forty meals?" That's nice. Yeah, it is really nice. And the same same goes for people in the hospital. I was going to ask my next question. We get so many calls and so many emails of someone in, like it's it's a it's a regular thing. Yeah. So we have this really nice gift page where you can uh, choose a a card, write a message choose how many meals and snacks and smoothies you, you want uh, and send it or just send them a, send the meals or send a, a credit to them. I was in the hospital once for two nights and after eating the food for two days, yeah, I could like a, a home cooked meal would have been so nice. Yeah. I've been, you try- know, I've been trying to get in the hospital for years. Oh, uh, they won't let you? No. Yeah. Because they're selling their own food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have a big contract with Airmark or one of the big yeah. uh, companies. What about like airplanes, like airline food? Is that a market? I'm just trying to. It, yeah, I just want uh, to get to know it. No, it's. Uh, I actually don't know too much about no uh, about that. Uh, but partly because I I could never like prior to working with Scanway, I would never have been able to service a uh, a market that, that big. big. Yeah, yeah. But is that a goal of yours? Is to get to a market that big? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the sky's the limit right now, as far as I'm I'm concerned. Absolutely. Well, with the way you know grocery stores and everything are moving. Yeah, you know, it's like that prepackaged stuff. That's the way to go. No one has time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, grocery items will will come. Uh, you know, find more items on the website. Like that's what I'm working on today. Seeing how much stuff I can get on the website and and uh, make it make sense for for our partner to to make it and deliver it. Awesome. Well, man, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I gained a lot of. Uh... I might be an investor here. I feel like I know your business inside and out now. Do, I can help. Yeah. yeah. We got tons of space. We'll set up a kitchen down here. We'll get something going. I can start sauteing mushrooms. Oh my God. We'll do something. Okay. You cover the mushrooms. We'll take everything else. Yeah, I'm not a, whatever. But, uh, you know, last minute of the podcast is yours. So if you want to give some advice to some young kids, if you want to say hi to the parents, if you want to say hi to your employees, if you want to, you do the floor is yours, man. It's your podcast. Oh, wow. Now. Yeah. So, uh, 
yeah, hi, mom. I haven't seen my mom in, in six months, so I can't wait for the restrictions to be delifted. Where's she uh, at? In Moncton. Okay. Yeah. Uh, shout out to, to Kat, uh, uh, number one employee at, at Saute. She's been absolutely crushing it. What a name. Yeah. Katya. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kat for short. Uh, what else? Yeah, follow us at TriSaute, T-R-Y-S-A-U-T-E, uh, on Instagram. Always doing giveaways there. Uh, check out Shop Billy's for smelling salts. Uh, if you want to hold it up for the camera, oh, you yeah. Can. Here's a little sample pack here. Actually, go to ca- go to go to camera three, Justin, and then you just go like that. So then, you, there you go, perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's it. All I'm right, up there. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, Will. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, everyone listening. Thank you very much for tuning in Wednesday Hump Day. Have fun. Enjoy the rest of the week. Work hard. And we're out. Peace. Travel the world in the seven seas, Louis trunk full of Turn it up a little bit for me. Travel the world in the seven seas Louis trunk full of drip Couple pounds of weed Get me through a few weeks Met this one freak in the sports bar Her uniform, booty shorts and a sports bra Soon as she clocked out, she hopped in my sports car You looking for her, she with me We like 10 floors above y'all All time penthouse, lyrics so descriptive Views vivid, cause you know I never spit it Unless I live to dig it I'm sitting in that Chevy on a mission just dipping I seen the bad bitch, I hit the switch Now she get but I can't stop, gotta hit the lab and scrape the pots Got it all, open air market like the wire so we get it on All the fiends is banging it through their headphones The clothes minded need they all spoon fed tongue Bitch original in classes so she get fluent Driveway full of classes, pick one we could take a spin Hello? I talked to the contractors and they said everything's a go at the top of the year. Bet, bet. Pull up on. Yeah, I quit smoking with haters long time ago. New Mercedes with a ribbon on it in front of my mama, though. Actually, I've been cold, bro. You just didn't know. Blindfold while I was on the rise without the local radio. Fuck it, I ain't need they support. The city showed up. I threw concerts and every ticket was bought. Champagne was uncooked. British luxury cars. I parked the all large beneath the car park. Baby hit the weed and dozed off. A dream within the dream. She woke up still with a boss. Believe me, I never hit them peasants cause they too far beneath me making it to this level it wasn't easy dancing with the devil to a disco beat long range game nigga pistol p i can stop it right then just let the beat breathe